0: You have tuned into a study of Paul's epistle to the Galatians. We have come to the end of chapter 3, and we welcome you to our study here on the Radio Bible course. Paul has been talking about how we are no longer under a custodian. The custodian, he said, was the law of Moses until the Christian faith came, he tells us in this last paragraph which begins with verse 23 of chapter 3. Until the faith came, that is, the Christian faith, Israel was held under the law, disciplined by it, kept under the person they call a custodian. That person was called a -a pedagogos. He was often a slave, well-educated, and he trained the children for the father. But then Paul writes in verse 25, But now that the faith has come... That's the Christian faith, and he's talking about New Testament times. We are no longer under a custodian. Now, are you under the Old Testament law? Is Paul teaching the Christian should be under the custodian? Has the Christian faith come? Well, if that's true that it has, and it is true, then we are living in another age under the grace administration. And you can't live under the grace administration by the law of Moses, because the law of Moses belongs to the law administration. And that administration extended from the 14th century B.C. until the cross of Jesus Christ, when he died and he became the mediator of the new covenant. Now, in verse 26, Paul tells us, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God, True faith. You're not under the custodian as a slave anymore. You are now a son, elevated to sonship, responsible now to the father. Now the word in verse 27 is sons, not child. A son refers to the boy who reached full age and was released to the father, released from under the care of the custodian. Now apply this to yourself. Have you come to faith in Christ Jesus? Then you are not under the custodian of law. You are under grace, not law. Now, I want to go back to verse 24 because I missed an important problem with the translation in some of our versions. Listen to the King James Version first of all regarding Galatians 3.24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. And here's the New American Standard Version. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. The translators here, I think, miss the point. Paul doesn't teach that the law had the function of bringing Jews to Christ although these translations seem to indicate that that was its purpose. In fact, it did not lead men to Christ. If it did, there would have been many who had believed the gospel. There would have been many who would have welcomed Jesus Christ when he came on the scene. They were under the law, but instead they rejected him. Now, the problem here is a mere preposition. It's the preposition ace. Spelled E-I-S. And the common uh, definition of that, or translation of it, is into. And the translators took that and uh, said the law was given to lead us to or into Christ. Well, that's a misunderstanding of it. What they apparently neglected to notice was that this preposition, ace, when referring to time, means until. Now, we get that right out of Thayer's lexicon. And if you have one, you'll want to turn to page 184 and check it yourself. Now, this word, "ace" is found in 1 Thessalonians 4.15. Listen to it. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. Paul here is writing about that great day when the trumpet sounds, the dead are raised, and all believers are scooped up, snatched off the earth, and taken to be with the Lord. So Paul writes, and he translates this word, ace, that we who remain until the coming of the Lord. Now that supports what I am claiming here, that there is a mistranslation in Galatians 3.24. Now, there's another passage that supports this. It's 2 Timothy 1.12. Listen to it. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. So, you see, he's talking about time, and when you talk about time, the word ace can mean until. Now, when... The translator said, to bring us to Christ. That's a translator's addition to the text. The gospel brings us to Christ, not the law. What was the purpose of the law then? The law was a temporary confinement until the Savior was revealed and until the faith way was made fully clear through Christ alone. That's how we get to God. Now... What has Paul done here in this section? He has taught the Galatians that the law did not save. It was a confining agency. It was a severe child trainer, which when Christ came no longer was in charge. The glory of the law is gone. People today still give it glory, however, as those Jewish teachers did. But here is Paul's emphasis in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 7, But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more Glorious. Now, that's a good comparison, and Paul does it by the inspiration of the Spirit. The glory of the law was fading in Moses' day. Its glory has been replaced by the administration of the Spirit. Now, think of it. Put a cross on a timeline. Draw a line across a sheet of paper and put a cross in the middle, and to the left of it is the ministry of death. Law and its glory is fading. To the right of it is the ministry of the Spirit. People here are under grace, and grace brings more glory. How how could Paul have said it better? Believers are not under a custodian. They are under the Spirit, and the Spirit never teaches us law. Listen to Romans chapter 7, verse 6. But now... We have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. You can't do both. Do you want to serve the Spirit or do you want to serve the letter of the law? Well, someone is bound to say, why not serve by both the Spirit and the law? It's impossible. They war against each other. Some Christians try to serve under both, and they never have peace, for they fail under the law, and at the same time, they grieve the Spirit who lives in them. Now, the law is associated with the flesh, human effort, because it takes effort to keep it. But the Spirit is not associated with the flesh. And so Paul writes in chapter 5 of Galatians, but I say, walk by the Spirit, And do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you would. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, that's a clear expression of how the Spirit and the law cannot coexist. They are opposed to each other. One is pulling you to God, and the other one is pulling you to Moses and yourself, your human effort. Friends, we are saved by grace, not by works. The law called for works. Grace calls for faith in Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Now, we move To verse 27, a passage which is quite difficult and which is seldom taught because people don't know how to handle it. Listen to verse 27 of Galatians 3. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Analyze it carefully. It doesn't say as many of you as were baptized like Christ have put on Christ which some people would want to interpret as meaning baptism, water baptism, that's the problem people have today. Whenever they come to the word baptism because of our Christian culture, and that's usually the only way we use it, except for rare occasions, they think this passage is talking about water. It has nothing to do with water. Baptizo, the Greek word for baptize, was a common household word. In the first century, not only among Greeks, but other nations where the Greek language was spoken, and it was spoken almost in every country as a result of the Greek empire's influence. That word meant to come under the influence of something. Sometimes it carries the meaning of being united with someone or something Sometimes it refers to the ministry of the Spirit, as in 1 Corinthians 12:13. Now listen to the verse again. What does it mean? For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Well, the expression put on Christ means that you have his righteousness and his salvation. Now, how do you get it? By being baptized into him. Well, water won't do that. No one would agree that simply going into water will bring you Christ's salvation. Then what does it mean being baptized into Christ? The explanation probably lies in the previous verse. Listen to verse 26. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When you believe in Jesus Christ to save you from your sins, you are being baptized into him or united into him and coming under the influence of what he did for you. This is a good use of the word baptized among the Greeks, to come under the influence of something or someone and to be changed by it. Well, That's exactly what happens when you believe in Jesus Christ. Many of us have learned to pray by listening to other people, and that's too bad, because very few people pray about the matters that really concern Jesus. They're interested in getting things for themselves, rather than what is good for the spread of the gospel. The Apostle Paul was concerned about the things of Christ, and he tells us about his prayers, but we do not follow those instructions. We ask for things which would have shocked the apostles. Our four-tape cassette course on understanding prayer will teach you things about biblical prayer that you did not know. You'll never pray the same after hearing this stimulating discussion. Until next week, this is Nick calavoda reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.